I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin. And this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Uh, hi, hello, and welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust, as always, joined by Karaski Mel. Tonight, track and field takes part in the national championships in Austin, Texas. Plus, we have, uh, we kick off uh, times for raging, we have the kickoff times, that's easy for me to say, for the raging Cajuns and their football program. Now, but first, we want to put a bow on the Cajun baseball season. Makes sense. The Cajuns ended their season after a valiant effort against Miami in an elimination game in Coral Gables, Florida. The Cajuns finished the regional with a 1-2 record. Last Sunday's loss to Miami, 8-5, ended UL season. But the Cajuns played more games than any team in the country up to that point. And head coach Matt Degg says the program is in a good spot and couldn't be prouder of this team and what they have done for Cajun Nation. I work for those guys, and uh, I just want to tell them all thank you and, and that I love them. And I'm sitting here looking at this, you know, we got to play 65 games together. We've played more games than anybody in the country right now. We just got to play nine postseason games a month ago. We were written off. Nobody thought we were going to get in the tournament. We just played nine postseason games and took a couple of top ten teams all the way to the brink. We're doing that shorthanded. And uh, that speaks to the power of brotherhood and culture. And uh, what the city of Lafayette and what this university and program are all about. So Cajun softball finished its season with a 50 and 16 record, reaching the super regional round. Now part of that success was in part due to freshman outfielder Maya Davis. She was named Sunbelt Freshman of the Year as well as making the Sunbelt first team. Davis can add the New Balance NFCA Golden Shoe Award winner along with her accolades. The award is for the nation's most prolific base stealer, accounting for strength of schedule and other statistics. Davis finished the year swiping 52 bags. Also, she was named to the NFCA All-American third team. Davis's teammate, senior Carly Heath, named to the NFCA's All-American second team as well. Uh, the reigning Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year led the team in runs, extra base hits, home runs, RBI, and total bases. All right, let's switch gears to track and field. The Nationals in Austin, Texas had representation from the Vermilion and White. On May 26th in the East Regional of Jacksonville, Florida, the 4x100-meter relay team clinched their spot. The quartet of Trajan Jones, Shashad Booth, Casey Crockett, and Floyd Pond competed for a shot at the national championship after placing 11th with an overall time of 39.92 seconds. Jones says the team wants to make some history while competing for that natty. I think overall we are excited, but I think we all understand that the job is not done. And that's why I preach to the guys a lot of times because uh, I tell the guys all the time we want to shoot for the best. We don't want to just shoot just to get there. We want to shoot for, we want to leave a legacy. We want to do something that hasn't been done before because I feel like that's the only way you, you remember. Well, they did something to be remembered. They made a little history, breaking a school record that stood since 1972. The quartet ran a time of 39.39, besting the previous Cajun record of 39.51. The four finished 22nd in the semi-final standings. And George, 
That was not the only Cajun competing at Nationals. That's right. A javelin thrower advanced to Nationals as well. Maria Bienvenu representing Louisiana at the National Championships after placing fifth in the javelin throw at the NCAA East Regional in Jacksonville uh, back on May 25th. The sophomores throw 51.81 meters, clinched one of 12 spots that were up for grabs in the championships in Austin. Her success, not something Maria expected in the beginning. Honestly, at the beginning, I was just kind of like, what am I doing? I had no clue, never really heard about the javelin. Um, so that was kind of a journey to get to where we are now. Now I'm still learning. I'm learned, I've learned a lot since then. Um, but it's still just an ongoing process of picking up new things. It's such a technical sport. And with Coach Terry, he's really just been able to help me kind of find my way through that. Coach Terry's been a huge factor, obviously, in my success so far. Um, it's definitely helped that he's able to, like, he's younger. He's thrown the javelin in college. He knows like all the technique and everything like that, um, which has been very helpful. He can relate to us. I think that's been the most important part. And I know when people come and visit and they see that relationship that we've built with him, uh, it's definitely something special and I really do appreciate my time here with him. All right, we have more Cajun Nation to come after the break. We'll let you in on some of those kickoff times for Cajun football. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. We're back on Inside Cajun Nation. George, Karaski, and soon, Cajun football. And we now know the times, the kickoff times for five games this season. Louisiana will open its season September 2nd against Northwestern State at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Then the Cajuns will hit the road to Old Dominion September 9th. That's at 5 p.m. on Plus. September 6th. September 16th. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump you there. All good. Cajuns face the Blazers of UAB at 6 p.m. Then September 30th, they go to Minnesota for an 11 a.m. kick. That's probably the toughest game on the schedule. On Thursday, November 9th, Louisiana hosts Southern Miss. That's not going to be a cakewalk either. For the first time since 2001, kickoff set for 6.30 p.m. That will be on ESPNU. Other kick times will be announced later this season. All right, we're going to talk some high school football next on a new segment we have here on the show. It's the encore performance of our First and Ten Summer Series, the Cajun Nation First and Ten Summer Series. Josh Fontenot joins us in studio after the break. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. Hi, everybody. We're going to start a new segment on the show during the summertime here as uh, we kind of uh, run out of uh, college uh, things to talk about because school's out of session, right? And, and so there's not a whole lot to talk about. So what we're going to do is we're going to branch out. We're going to enjoy the, the, the Acadiana area scene of high school sports, and we're going to talk a little football as we go through the summer. And our first guest in this series that I'm calling First in Ten Summer Series there you go, Cajun Nation's first and ten summer series. Uh, it is Josh Fontenot. He's the head coach at Southside. Coach, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us and uh, kind of experiment yeah. with us on this. Well, this thanks is, for letting us be the first. We appreciate that. Absolutely. I look forward to uh, to chatting with you about high, uh, high school football. Let's start uh, with with this. 
your team mm -hmm. last year had a phenomenal year. Uh, district champs in 3-5A. That's an impressive feat because uh, you've been climbing that ladder and you finally got to the top of that uh, district championship uh, mountain, if you will, and you took down the, the, the mighty Acadiata uh, oh, yeah. Wrecking Rams. Uh, but talk a little bit about, uh, about your season a year ago and, and the excitement that you guys uh, felt uh, winning that district championship. It was, um, it was a surprise ish you know the, you, you never we're st we're still growing and I, I hate to keep using that but we are and we're still learning well, we think we know kind of who we are now but starting the season we thought we had a chance to have a good team and then didn't start out great you know you, you uh lose Notre Dame it was always hard to beat and then um fumbled our way literally through a Cecilia game and, and end up pulling it out of the end and then uh the Karen Crow game kind of put it all together and we Kind of had a glimpse of maybe okay maybe we have something here and uh the kids really kind of bought in and caught fire with it and uh you know the big bad rams uh was <laughs> the kind of the i guess the the mark of can you play football in this area in this district and in this in this state and 5a level and we're able to beat them this year and uh, go on and win district uh, getting the playoffs get a bye which uh was an interesting process for us uh, we had never won a playoff game. We had been 0-3 in playoff games, so we were kind of worried about having a bye and being able to maybe win in the second round. Able to beat North Shore. And then um, go play Zachary, which uh, was uh, a scary thing at times for us just because of who they are and what they've done. But we really um, kind of embraced it like, okay, let's, let's see where we are and, and how close are we to being able to compete with uh, the biggest names in our state. We had already beaten Acadiana, beaten Karen Crow. Karen Crow was in the semifinals on the, on the other side of the bracket. And uh, we were able to, to give Zachary all they wanted mm -hmm. and uh, made them have to beat us. And that was something that, you know, you never, I never, I don't like the, you know, moral victory type things, but at least it gave us a, a glimpse of, you know, maybe we have something here. We, we found the right process for us to, um, to go with offensive and defensively, um, let's build on this and move forward and see if we can't be consistent with how we do things. Yeah, and you guys had uh, a really talented quarterback mm -hmm. in Landon Batiste, and, and uh, he, I assume, I, going, still going to UL, and mm -hmm. uh, that's his plan, and, and uh, gonna, gonna try and uh, continue his uh, football career there. But uh, so <laughs> you got to replace that. Yeah. But not only you kind of uh, adjusted your system on offense, right? And, and so you kind of been implementing that. Mm -hmm. And uh, now you have to kind of, I, I don't know if it's, it's another process you have to put because you have a new quarterback. Right. How is that transition going to fare? No, we, we're going to stick with what we're doing. We think, you know, when we made the decision to, to go to a flex bone type system, it, it really wasn't based on one player. In fact, I've, we've gotten burnt with that before. Mm -hmm. And those, that, those decisions were 100% my fault. And when you build your team around a player, um, when that player gets hurt, you lose the identity of the team, and that's not how things should be. So, you know, this a lot of research and discussion went into what should we do and who should we be. And like I said, it's been two years, and now our kids believe it. You know, this is who we are. And um, you know, in the spring, we got in with really ten new faces on offense: uh, quarterback, running backs, uh, guys that have had playing time before, but ten new starters. And um, they did very well, just kind of 
we went in and we didn't know either. I mean, we didn't know, okay, what, what right. is this going to look like? And the uh, first few days of practice, uh, the aggression was still there. Uh, us being physical was still there. The leadership uh, just changed faces. And uh, I think the things that we do um, off the field from January through May and then into July and August uh, helped help that to become uh, a little more ease of transition. And uh, was was pleased with what we did in the spring and, and how we performed. When you um, when you talk about uh, just the, the 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 experience of having those playoff mm -hmm. games and things mm -hmm. of that nature, uh, how do you see this season mm -hmm. uh, kind of uh, with regards to that? I mean, obviously having that experience can benefit you as you move on. I mean, you guys open up the season with Notre Dame mm -hmm. again, uh, and, and so it's uh, it's just the talk about that and the, the experience level and the, the comfort that your team is going to have because they have yeah. that yeah. kind of set of experiences. I, we, you want to get to the point where I think it's expected. That, that to me is the key. I think that um, winning and losing are um, both contagious mm -hmm. one way or the other. Fortunately, we've been able to consistently win so far. And I, th I believe that the, the way we conduct ourselves in our program will continue to make that happen. Um, you know, kids now, that the new seniors and the new leaders on offense and defense, whether it be seniors, juniors, whatever, they expect to be in the playoffs, now to compete for district titles. The third round is the, the benchmark now. So, okay, now we got to get past that. And uh, they've, this team has shown nothing but the desire to do the things necessary to get to that point. Uh, do we? It, it's way too hard to, to tell. There's way too many factors. Uh, depth is going to be an issue for us this year. We have a lot of young, talented guys, but if we get a lot of injuries, you're playing with sophomores, and, and 5A football and sophomores are not usually a really good formula. So mm -hmm. you just don't. There's too many factors to say, yeah, we're a third-round team. Yes, we're another district championship team. No, right now we're a team that um, did some things good in the spring, did some, a lot of things we need to correct in the spring, and, you know, we're scrimmaging Catholic of Baton Rouge. You're playing St. Martinville and Jamboree. You got Notre Dame uh, week one. Um, so those three opponents right there, uh, if you don't have your stuff together, will expose you very, very, very quick. It's one of the good things about playing a Notre Dame early in the year because um, if you are making mistakes or there's a weakness on your team, it will, it will be shown. And we like that. We, we've gotten to the point where we, we need to play those type of opponents early, play them quick to where week 11, we've sorted all those things out. There's no sure. false sense of security or false sense of we're really good at X, Y, Z when we're not. Um, let's, let's put all the cards on the table week one and go from there. Gotcha. Don't go away, Coach. We're going to come back. We'll talk some more. And we'll talk uh, a little bit about uh, the playoffs system and how yeah. that works and, and what you, your, your thoughts on where maybe that should go. That's always a fun I, topic, I might get right? In trouble. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get you in trouble. <laughs> we're just going to talk about yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> but we'll do that when we come back right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go away. We're back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. Thanks so much for staying up with us. And there's a new segment we're going to try out during the summer time here. We're talking some high school football. It's called Cajun Nation First and Ten Summer Series. And we've started with uh, Southside Sharks head coach Josh Fontenot. Uh, coach, uh, 
we've, we've talked a little bit about uh, your team and, and what you expect. And, and obviously last year was a, such a great success. You got to the postseason. And, and that's an interesting topic when mm -hmm. you talk about the postseason mm -hmm. with regards to whoever you talk yeah. to because everybody's got a different opinion about how it should be. If it was up to me, five classes, let's go back to the way yeah. it was. And, and, you know, that's how, that's how it should be. Won't ever happen. I think the mm -hmm. the, the 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 cat's out of the bag, so to speak. Yeah. I was looking for the uh, yeah. the proper term there, but uh, Pandora's box is opened, and and and, and we're we're kind of in, in a in a bizarre world of hey, they they're trying to kind of reel it back in with this yeah. select non-select, but uh, just your thoughts. I mean, you guys are the only what is it non-select school yeah. in District Three Five A. Uh, all the other schools are considered select, so you don't even have to play them no, in, yeah. in the postseason. <laughs> uh, so, so it's definitely a bizarre uh, matchup as of right now. Uh, it is the way it works. I, you know, I don't know that there's a right answer. Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of I, I see both sides. I do like the old way, the way I grew up playing in this state: five classes, and you play, mm -hmm. um, you play each other, and that's it. But just like back then, I think times are different, and things have. And the dynamics of schools have changed, uh, you know, in Lafayette Parish. Uh, I don't think when I was, you know, 25 years ago, whatever it was when I was in high school, <laughs> there was no um, school of choice. Yeah. There was no ability for um, a student on the north side of town to be able to go to school on, in, in Como or Scott or wherever it may be. That, that wasn't a thing. So, um, you know, uh, the whole recruiting world, and I don't, I don't get into that. I think every coach in high school football recruits. Right. You know, you'd have to. If you talk to a parent, they said they want to. If, if a guy comes to tell me they want to move to Youngville, well, good, come. We this is what we do. This is yeah. our good. I think that's a form of recruiting. The same thing that Acadiana is going to do, Turling's STM. They're going to promote their programs right. as, as they should. So that I don't think that's a, a discussion that ever needs to be had. Right. I do think that the way things are divided. In a lot of ways, it's it's sometimes you got to compare apples to apples in a way. Uh, the select non-select thing, you know, Southside. Give you an example. We don't have the ability to get players or or students from outside of our attendance zone, just the way our school is structured. Uh, so that alone puts you in a category where another school, even in our parish, they do have the ability to get kids into their school, out of their attendance zone. So there's just two different things. It's two different worlds. So if you want to separate, I do agree that it wasn't a public and private issue. I mm -hmm. do. I think that they got that right. I think there's more ways that it needs to be tweaked. You know, um, if, you know, the way they have it divided with 4A schools I should not have to play up to play 5A schools. I don't think that that's fair to those guys at all. Or, or like last year in the postseason, the only the one that popped into my head is LCCP, uh, a 3A school played Notre Dame in there in, in the first round. Exactly. And Notre Dame's a 2A exactly. school. Exactly. So uh, it, just if however, you're going to do yeah. that, just get rid of class 2A, class 3A. Yeah. Then then so, okay, they're division three. Yeah. Okay, LCCP's mm -hmm. division three. Notre Dame's Division Three. That's how. That's how. It, no longer say class two or that's three. Right. So one of my biggest arguments has always been, and you know, I get it. We're some peons. Nobody listens to to us, but we've been, been doing <laughs> only, it. Only it only affects y'all. I've been doing it <laughs> right. long enough that I guess I have a somewhat of an opinion of. 
I think one of the biggest discrepancies we have and problems that we have in our system is that the, the class, the, dis, the disparity between students from top to bottom in the classes is way too much. Mm. So, you know, when you're a 5A school, the biggest 5A school in the state, you may be 1,500 kids bigger than the smallest 5A school in the state. Right. Well, I don't care about attendance zone as much as that. Right. to where now you're asking me to compete against a school double my size. Well, I, I think you I know? think a school like Rain High has a problem with that. Exactly. So uh, they're one of the smallest, smallest schools 4A, 4A schools right. competing against schools well over right. double their size. Correct. So if you want to change something, and, and I, I hate the word fair, but if you want to make it a little more fair, yeah. why? my question has always been, why do we divide evenly? Why do you take the number of schools and just divide by five? That's that makes no sense to me. Why don't you have a number of, okay, well, if, let's say 5A. 5A is 2,500 is the biggest one. Okay, well, then 2,000. Or, or, or maybe it's 750 student discrepancy, whatever it may be. Right. And then just work your way down. Find some kind of formula that, yeah, sure, that sure. works for that. I think that's a bigger problem in our state. And now it's gotten even worse where 2A schools in the playoffs, what is called a 2A school, is playing big 3A schools. Right, I mean, that, it's the same yeah. in, like, I think you high. Also yeah. plays down. That's right. And well, you mean Neville and Westgate? Compared to Neville right. and Westgate played in our division of five A football. That's not fair to Neville and Westgate. Why? Yeah. Why? And then, or if it is, if that's how you want to do it, then Neville and Westgate should be in five A districts playing yeah, yeah, all right. year long and for uh, so the whole year. I don't. I don't know that um, you'll ever get it right by everybody. You never will. Right. It's hard. But yeah, I do that's... think there's ways to. Keep, if you're going to go this way, which I think is the way you're going to go, there's some things I think need to change and do it. But my, my biggest argument has always been why, do, why are these smaller schools having to play schools double their size in district play and playoff play? Let's make it where there's a, a number range. When you fall in the number range, however the size is, and that can float every year, let's make it that where if I'm Rain High School and I have 700 students, the biggest school I'm going to play has 1,000 where there's just 300 students right, more than me. Yeah. And however you want to formulate that, yeah. I think that would be a, that's a, an interesting, a step forward for our, our right. state. Yeah, that, I mean, that's one way to handle it. There's, there's so many. Oh, yeah. Trying to get, trying to get all the principals on board and, and having them come together yeah. and, and, and make a decision is. Well, uh, that, that's another that, approach of, you know, principals have a, a million other things to worry about right. with their school store other than athletic school sure. school other than athletic sure so i would love for our state ad's or something yeah. ad's or or in, in my mind have a parish ad of air er, and every parish and in, incorporate the private or catholic school however you want to do sure it, and have those guys run our state athletic system and take that off the principal's plate and a lot, so now you still have somebody that's in the school system in charge of the school systems, but it's a parish AD or a, a school AD. They make some of those decisions like and, it, and yeah. allow them to do it. And then now the principals who, some principals are so involved in academics have no clue. Right. We're not that case. Our principal's amazing with stuff like that. And a lot sure. of principals around our area are. But yeah. we've been in meetings where there's principals that are so involved in academia that which they should be, yeah. but let's, let's slide the responsibility of making decisions on athletics to the people you hired to make decisions on athletics. Right. 
Yeah, it's a great point, and a conversation can go on forever. Oh, forever. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, Coach, I appreciate you coming in, chatting with us a little bit. I know you got yeah. uh, the the excitement level for Sharks football is pretty good. The hat game is on point again, <laughs> and uh, as all look, yeah. they had Southside has the best hats. I look. I'm a big hat guy. I'm a, I love uniforms. I, yeah. If you know me, you know me. Uh, I love to talk about uniforms. I love to talk about the uh, hats, bro. If you go to a Southside game, you're going to see uh, some quality, quality uh, headgear when it comes to the. Uh, the we got to keep it old school. When they, we, the, we might start wearing bike shorts. Now, <laughs> you know, we go from there. Yeah, that, now that is so, the bike shorts the bike that shorts. come up to here. Yeah. Uh, the, that's, that's the next right step. Right here. We're going old. We're going to go veer and all that stuff. All we're right. going to do the whole way. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. That sounds good. That's it. Coach, thanks so Thank much you for your time. Much. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Inside Cajun Nation. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.